0: Where in the world is Mike Williams? One of the many questions we're going to be tackling today. Will the Chargers get Michael Davis back in the rotation after seeing their cornerbacks really struggle against Justin Jefferson and company on Sunday? And what else can we take away from the Chargers game against the Vikings, including the positives like the third game in a row where the Chargers' run defense wasn't terrible. So today we're going to get into the latest from Brandon Staley and get into what went wrong with the king of everything wrong. We have John Kegley on the show with us today and wrap things up with some positive takeaways because I do think there were some positives that could be taken away from Sunday's game. But I'm Daniel Wade. He's David Drugmeyer. Let's go ahead and get into it.
1: You are locked on Chargers. Daily podcast on
0: the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up man? welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. Thank you guys for making us your first listen. We all got our start covering the Chargers over five seasons ago. We started doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live, and now this is our fourth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day but thank you guys for making this your first listen If you guys need any other show for the other teams that you like even in other sports you can always find another locked on show to be their second listen for you as well but today guys we have a lot to get into because we did get to hear from Brandon Staley who was talking about Mike Williams a little bit because the reporters were asking where's Mike Williams been and he said that the knee injury that he suffered before the Ravens game right where he was questionable to go into that game has been a non-factor for Mike Williams so why else has he not been used over the last four games as much as we saw in his, you know, hot start to the season? So we'll talk about that. Talk about Michael Davis potentially getting back to practice this week and back in the rotation for the Chargers because we know they definitely need him there. And then we're going to get into what went wrong and what went right. We're going to go in the middle with the king of everything wrong, John Kegley, and talk about some of the things like the long conversions the Chargers gave up, the stagnant offense. That really kept the defense on the field way too long. So much to get into there. But some positives at the end of the show. The best game from Uchenen Wosu. Positives in the running game. Dustin Hopkins, perfect again, right? So a lot to get into on today's show. But I want to start because Brandon Staley keeps his Monday press conferences extremely private. The Chargers do not publicize them. So thank you to Gilbert Manzano, Daniel Popper, Fernando Ramirez, the other B writers who put out little nuggets from what Brandon Staley had to say on Monday and Of those things was he was asked about Mike Williams' need being a factor to him not really doing much over the last four weeks, right? His game against the Cleveland Browns, 165 receiving yards, he hasn't totaled that in the last four games combined. So that's something that I want to get into, David, because obviously for a second there was like, okay, uh, Mike Williams is an automatic bring back whatever he wants type of a player over the first, you know, six games, right? And now he's definitely come back to earth. So it's like what's happened because the offense has definitely been impacted.
1: Yeah, no question about it. And I I think you're taking a little bit of the elements away from Mike Williams that makes him such a spectacular wide receiver. And it's those jump ball opportunities. It's those opportunities where he can go out and get the football. You're not really seeing a lot of that this year with Mike Williams. It's part of his skill set. It's what has really brought him to prominence with the Chargers. Uh, and really had everyone in the building respecting his durability because of all the crazy catches and all the things that he's played through. We haven't seen that enough this year. And when we have seen it, good things have happened. So that's one thing that I mean, we're going to get into that too later, but that needs to change for the Chargers going forward.
0: Yeah, there was a good stat, too, that I saw on Twitter. This was from Dwayne McFarlane, who works for Pro Football Focus, and he was saying, throw Mike Williams the ball because he de- defeated single-man coverage 15 out of the 25 opportunities he had in Sunday's games At 60%. Down the field, he was open 80% of the time he was running routes down the field, and the Chargers haven't been taking their shots, right? And a lot of that has to do with the coverages that are going up against. I don't know if you guys saw Daniel Popper's rant that he had that's out there on Twitter about, Hey, you know, teams are doing whatever they can to not give Justin Herbert the explosive plays. Because if you're looking at Justin Herbert, what's the one thing as a defense you want to take away? It's those deep balls that he throws so well. And this year, he's still been really, really good throwing the deep ball. I mean, the best passer rating in the league when throwing it deep. And we're just not seeing enough shots. And there's certain things the Chargers can do to find more of those, right? And it doesn't have to be a 50-yard bomb to make a difference, right? Even 20, 25 yards, those 20-yard Back shoulder throws to Mike Williams down the sideline. Like, those are all things that he can use his body and his incredible body control, his good hands, his ability to make tough, contested catches. We're just not seeing him get enough of the opportunities there. Dwayne McFarlane also said, you know, Keenan Allen was open on over 76% of the routes he had single man coverage. So there's a reason he got 13 targets as well, right? And it is hard for them to both have a really, really prolific game, and Keenan Allen had a good one in this one but mike williams needs more chances i did think there was some other interesting things john do you have something on mike williams real quick
2: well as i said on twitter after the very first shot they took which was a single coverage no safety nothing it was a pass interference and i said you got to keep doing that this whole game if you get single coverage deep take your shot they did it again with keenan allen and it's a catch it's like take your shot and they only did it twice when you have single coverage, you take a shot. It's either gonna be pass interference, a catch, or worst chance scenario, it falls incomplete. Usually you don't get many interceptions in that situation because the corner's usually out of position unless you play someone that was like a Darrell Reeves that somehow could turn around and make that catch. Or you throw other other
0: incredibly that, short, which isn't oh yeah. usually one of Herbert's That's not a herb that's yeah. not really a Herbert trait. This isn't a <laughs> Mark
2: Sanchez-led team. But you take you have a, a like an odds basically. We we remember in the offseason that Staley took the a guy that would play odds for him well your odds say if you throw it deep on single coverage more than likely good things are going to happen more than bad things or it's just a neutral thing of incomplete pass take your shot
0: And you know, i think you know we'll get more into that too just not being able to take advantage of it because the times they did go deep right in the times they tried to attempt 20 plus yard completions they were all successful for the chargers when they did it on sunday but the other thing that was interesting that came from staley was him talking about michael davis getting back to practice this week and One of the things that obviously stood out was especially after a good couple of plays, Chris Harris Jr. and for most of the game, Tavon Campbell were getting beat repeatedly by Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. And this team really needs Michael Davis back because Asante Sandman Jr., who I thought played well up and down really, but still had some good impact plays. They need both of those guys out there and they don't have a lot of depth at that position if they don't. And that is a very special wide receiver duo they just went up against. I mean, let's not get it twisted. They're not going to find a better one the rest of the season that they're going to go up against as far as two wide receivers. Well, and there's
1: two guys that are clamoring for the ball before the game. They didn't get a lot of targets the the games before that. So They're like, throw me the ball. And they did a lot.
0: Yeah, but Michael Davis, though, I mean, the speed that he brings, all of the things that he's improved on over the last couple of years, he, with that contract, you know, kind of stapled himself to this team as one of their really – starting corners that they are going to rely on all the time and he has to be out there for the full complement of that secondary to be together but nazir Adroy played a big factor in that as well and i would hope if he was dealing with soreness last week that kept him out of this week's game that he can get back on the field this week and play in this next game because that is going to be important and you saw some miscommunications that that's the one thing nazir Adroy is consistently he's for right he's a great communicator on the back end so getting people lined up, being where you're supposed to be in those big moments, especially in a lot of those conversions. There definitely seemed like there were some guys that weren't where they needed to be on some of those plays. That's something that Zeraddery helps with. That's something Michael Davis helps with potentially on those big conversions. All things that he can help with. But Drew Tranquil as well, another guy that he touched on in his press conference, Brandon Staley did on Monday. Still on the COVID-19 injured reserve list, basically. I think he's going to play, and I think, John – Even though you saw some moments, right, Kenneth Murray had some moments, but also struggled really a lot of times in that last game that I saw. Our boy Bong had some nice moments. But Drew Tranquil, whether it's on special teams or defensively, will be a big addition back to this team when he can come back.
2: Without a doubt, he will, especially when it comes to stopping passes in the middle of the field, those little crossing routes. Guess who usually drops back and covers those? Drew Tranquil. Guess what we're getting beat by a few times, those little crossing routes across the field, the throws to the tight end in the end zone. That's where you were missed. That's not a Kenneth Murray-type play. That's a Drew Tranquil-type play, and we didn't have anyone to really cover that. And when it comes to stopping the run, you can literally just say, oh, if Kenneth Murray's on this side, we're going to run to the other side. Well, if you got both guys out there, where do you go then? To the outside? Guess who could stop that? A Derwin James and an Azir Adderley with their speed and ability to run up to the, to the line. If you're missing one little hole, they're going to attack that hole. So having them back is going to be huge, especially on special teams, because you need guys that can tackle and get down the field, and Drew Tranquil is that guy.
0: Yeah, and I mean, him and Kazeer White on the field at the same time has been a successful duo for the Chargers so far this year. And Kazeer White has still played tremendously and I think exceeded most of our expectations. That's my for him. boy. I mean, he went into the season as a depth piece, right? And we gave the job to Drew Tranquil, Kenneth Murray. He won a starting job. Whether it should have been for Drew Tranquil or Kenneth Murray is a different conversation. But he went out and he won the starting job and he hasn't relented since then. He's still been impressive so far. And I mean, looking like a guy the Chargers must bring back next season but obviously there was a ton that went wrong including giving up the long conversions so we'll go over the list of long conversions the Chargers gave up and we'll hand it over to the king of everything wrong John Kegley on the show to tell us exactly why the game fell apart for the Chargers on Sunday because there's a you know really no way to say that it didn't so what we'll get into in after this is getting into what went wrong as we always do after the game unless it's a completely terrible game coming up after this first thing I need to tell you guys That we're all due for a vacation. I can tell you guys that in life. We're all bound for different things. With BeachBound.com Vacations, you can be bound for adventure, bound for passion. Who doesn't need a vacation right now, guys? You guys can be bound for discovery or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at poolside or maybe creating my own taco flight as long as I've got a good view and a drink in my hand. I'll be as happy as can be. And with BeachBound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you no matter what you are looking for. What are you bound for? Visit BeachBound today. All right, guys. Well, now it's time to get into what went wrong. And John's usually on the Monday show, so we don't usually have him here. But if you guys knew how pessimistic, right, and how negative he was, you would wish he was here for all these shows, especially after wins. He, you know, has torched the Chargers in the past. And a lot of the times, they have deserved it. But we are talking about The king of all things wrong. It's definitely John Kegley who's on the show with us today. So we definitely have to roll out the red carpet for the King Kong of wrong. John Kegley, when you looked at this game, obviously a lot of things went wrong for the Chargers, especially offensively. But where would you start as far as the biggest thing that went wrong on Sunday?
2: Oh my God, the King Kong of wrong. That's a new one. Oh, that's a good one. I'll give you that one. Um, For me, the first thing I'd have to say is, you beating yourself on offense with drop passes. You had so many chances to convert plays. Even Austin Eckler across the middle, you had so much room to run. He probably goes for a touchdown, and he drops it. Mike Williams drops a conversion. And then not taking your shots deep in this game when you have plenty of guys open, stuff like that really just hurts you because it eventually gets predictable. And then I didn't see enough going to the outside. There was one drive where they went outside and quick plays the whole way up, and it was the, the first drive, drive of the third quarter. Half, yeah. And they drove all the way down easily and scored. And after that, they didn't do it again. Like, they went away from what works. What is going through your mind, Joe Lombardi, when it comes to that situation? It worked, and you never went to it again. And it showed in the first quarter, too. The first quarter, they did some plays like that, and they were working. But then they would stall because they stopped doing it. you got to go with what works.
0: Yeah, you have to. I mean, and there's certain things, obviously, you like. Like, those Mike Williams targets that you just don't see enough – after you've saw seen them work early on in the season, you're just like, why are we not going back to that well? And I think when you saw that drive and how well orchestrated it was, you have to wonder, you know, if it's just not the little things that are going wrong and just disrupting drives that could potentially look like that, right? Because you have the miscommunication with Josh Palmer, bad throw by Herbert, that first one, where it was probably the first time I've ever seen Justin Herbert animated at a receiver that he potentially had done something wrong on that first drive. You know, he was like yelling after the play. It looks like he was expecting something else. But you also have the behind throw to Jared Cook. You also have the behind throw to Keenan Allen, where Eric Hendricks gets that interception, and then you have the drops. I mean, three straight—all three
2: of those throws behind ended the drive. Two third downs and an interception.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, in the interceptions case, right, leads to points on the board for the Vikings. So like that's tough to give that up and and really hurt your defense that way. And I thought that was one of the things that went wrong. Is just. The offense not being able to sustain drives really wore down this defense, who started off really good in this game, did more than enough in the first half, was getting pressure, was, you know, taking advantage of Kirk Cousins in the pocket and getting great pressure on him. But the last three drives, right, that can't be something that went right, right? When you have t- three drives, two of them are touchdowns, and the last one is keeping the ball on the field, right, and just running the clock out, never giving the ball back to Justin and Herbert to, to try to go to, to that.
2: Try it. To go to that point, you had one stop in the second half, and it came after you scored a touchdown, which means you got a chance to come back after a hot drive, got a stop, and you have a chance to make this a two-possession lead and make them one-dimensional, probably going into the fourth quarter, and you couldn't do anything with the ball. Like You missed an opportunity there to take control of the game.
0: Yeah, you did, but it just seemed like there was stuff like that the whole game. I mean, the first three drives by the Chargers' defense were good. Chargers had three opportunities to get ahead of things. To put a team, you know, who could expose your weakness in run defense, not letting them run the ball by going up early on them. They had scored six straight opening possessions. You get a stop on the first drive and allow zero points. Second drive, you get a fumble that you can't take advantage of. Not capitalizing on those situations was a huge part of what went wrong for the Chargers, including defensively. You know, we'll talk about the run defense because that's definitely something that's encouraging going forward now that we've seen three games in a row where it's not just absolutely, you know, totally destroyed. But that's always good at the same time except the tackling yeah the tackling but that was i mean not that wasn't just the running game that was the you know trying to tackle receivers try to tackle everybody on sunday so that obviously was a terrible the tackling super poor especially when you're giving up conversions right like the ones we saw the Chargers give up including the one where they had justin jefferson on second and 20 very very far short of the sticks and then he ends up dragging you know five different chargers as they're trying to strip the football because to get a first we have hand.
2: we have everybody stripping the ball and not one bunch of people holding up a guy while one strips the ball how do you all go to strip the ball like it's got to be one or two people that do that while everyone else tackles and holds the guy in place it doesn't make any sense to me
0: yeah i want. yeah for sure i mean yeah i posted the same thing on twitter you can try to strip it and i love the fact that they're so cognizant of that this year at the same time you have to make the tackle first that's the most important thing these are the conversions that they gave up. Daniel Popper laid them all out very nicely, right? And it was third and 15, second and 20, third and 10 was a pass interference, third and five, third and nine, third and six. And then that's not including the third and twenty, where you give up 18 and a fourth down conversion. And I've talked about it. I mean, really, when you look at it, you see five of 14 third-down conversions for the Vikings, but you add in the two fourth down conversions where they get a touchdown and also ice the game, two huge pivotal moments. It's really like they're 7 of 14 on third down, right? And they're really getting you at a 50% clip because they're getting close enough to attempt a fourth down play, right? And they end up coming away with it. So that was huge. I mean, David, the whole thing we wanted from the Chargers is let your pass rushers get after them. And the only way you do that is by forcing those obvious passing situations. They got into a ton of obvious passing situations, and they just still... Gave up conversion after conversion, whether it was Tavon Campbell or Chris Harris Jr. That absolutely was the worst part of the defense and had a huge impact on the Chargers losing.
1: Yeah, Tavon Campbell struggled mightily in coverage. I mean, Justin Jefferson went crazy. He had five catches for 100 yards. Adam Thielen also had a lot of production. In all, he gave up seven receptions on eight targets to those two dudes alone. Those guys were eating his lunch. And yeah, he, he was close on a couple of those plays and some of them were phenomenal catches, but it doesn't discount from the fact that he just didn't get the job done at a consistent enough level in this game. And then you guys talked about the missed tackles. It was really bad. They had 14 missed tackles in this game by 10 different players. Four of those players had multiple missed tackles in this game. And it was very evident. I mean, the yards after contact in this game was insane. The the Vikings got a lot of their yards after contact because the chargers could not bring them to the ground. It was a massive, massive problem in this game. But one of my, what went wrongs in this game is, is on the offensive side. And this is not getting Austin Eckler more involved in the game. He had three receptions and 11 rushing yards. I've talked about with Austin Eckler, 11 it's about rushing touches,
0: attempts, yeah,
1: 11 rushing attempts, excuse me, 44 rushing yards. But he, he, you got to use him more often. you got to use him in the screen game. you got to get the ball in his hands. He's a catalyst for your offense. When he's only getting 15 touches or 14 touches, that's not enough. He needs to be more involved in the game plan. That was a missed opportunity along with the tight ends only getting a couple catches in this game as well.
2: And the sad thing is he dropped that pass across the middle that probably right. had at least 20 yards. It would have inflated the numbers just a little bit. It
0: definitely would have made it look a lot better. But like realistically, the thing is is like they just weren't extending the drives. Like it's hard to get that many people involved when you're going three and out as many times as the Chargers did on Sunday. And then at the end of it, when a lot of those passing attempts came on those drives, right? The game not out of reach at that point, but the game had changed a lot by that point. some guys started getting more targets. But by that point, it was already too late. You had already let too many drives slip through your fingers. But when you have the first three drives of the game. All ending terribly for you. Like there's just not a lot of opportunity to get a ton of guys involved early, get a lot of guys in rhythm, and that was a big part of what went wrong. I mean, Joe Lombardi obviously has to take some blame for it, right? You could see where some of those plays were going, and it just wasn't executed right. But at the same time, there has to be a better understanding to Justin Herbert that hey, you can take those shots and take more chances downfield, and not try to get rid of the ball so quickly all these times. Or there's something lost and missing you know, in communication because. I didn't think that the game plan was very good, to be honest. We saw it on one drive coming out of the second half. That looked like a plan. That looked like they were trying to expose something. Outside of that, we don't know what any of those drives you know, would have turned into, but the biggest thing always for the Chargers offense has been get those first couple first downs, and the rest will take care of itself because it's so feast or famine for them. And then when yeah. you do that, it's such a backwards process because now the defense is spending so much time on the field. I mean, Brandon Staley said it. The time of possession – was really bad for the chargers much in the favor of the vikings but it wasn't the fault of the defense it was the fault of the offense not being able to get on the field and having really really short drives so that is something that has to be better and justin herbert frankly has to be better in, the, it's than he kind was of, in this game too
2: it's kind of bad that we've we started the season we had a bunch of those like 12 play seven eight minute drive type of drives we just don't see that that much anymore but yet here's Heineke in Washington running off the last 10-23 of the game against Tampa Bay, like, come on. It shows that it works. Why can't we go back to that? You're running the ball with Austin Eckler, picking up yards slowly, converting when you need to, getting aggressive when you get past the 40 with fourth down conversions. It worked before. Now you're just trying to take – it's like you're trying to move the ball a little bit too fast now. You're trying to no-huddle and stuff. It doesn't seem to be the same type of offense. It's like we switched completely.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me I... – like. I don't even really necessarily like in certain situations. I think that's a good thing for the charge offense to do. But like, I think what you've seen is they just can't do that consistently week in and week out. And I think a lot of what has to do with that is like what you need on those drives are key conversion after key conversion after key conversion. So when you're trying to do that and you get derailed by a behind, you know, throw, a behind throw over here, a drop pass here, like one little thing like that is really derailing your whole drive because you're getting it little piece. At a time, and I think when you've seen the chargers be super successful, you do have elements of that, but there's also bigger plays getting those chunk plays in the middle of it too. so I think it is a combination of both and the thing is is the chargers are going up against defenses that are trying to take away the deep ball. so a lot of it is you do have to take some of that, but for me, it seems like sometimes Justin Herbert, when he sees a lot of guys up near the line of scrimmage when he's a little unsure, he goes to the hot routes even when he doesn't need to. I mean, you can look back at the Jared Cook play from a couple of weeks ago. Where he just totally throws it to the wrong spot. And Adrian Phillips picks it off and takes it back for six. Like He's throwing these plays even when he doesn't necessarily have to get rid of it that quick. He can get to his next read. Instead, we're not seeing that. And I know when you don't have a great offensive line, it's hard to take a lot of deep shots. But they're just going to have to take more risks going forward and have to get chunk plays. Because like when you have guys dropping passes, you can't be the methodical offense that goes little by little down the field. Because you're just waiting for a Jalen Guyton drop or a Josh Palmer missed run route or whatever the case is, right? Storm Norton whiffing on somebody and giving up a sack. like All of those things can derail it when you're trying to go 10, 12 plays like that. And Justin Herbert has the big enough arm where he can make those 15, 20-yard throws pretty easily when he's on on the move, especially like that throw to Keenan Allen, which was just ridiculous. Either way, he has to be better. Joe Lombardi has to be better. They have to take more chances because every week you hear Brandon Staley saying, we want to be a team that takes deep shots, and we're emphasizing getting those going. It's hard when they're playing the defenses they're going up against who are trying to take it away, but you better hit on those few opportunities that you can set up. And right now they're just not hitting on it. And it's so frustrating because three times, you know, one times a 20 plus yard play to Keenan Allen, the other two are defensive pass interference. Anything that went past 20 yards, you had success on. So whether you had the right looks or not, you need to take more of those chances. So that's something I'm looking forward to. Hopefully they can figure out going forward because I think they're going to need it. But That is going to do it for what went wrong. We do have some nice things to say about the Chargers, even after a bad loss against the Vikings. So we'll get into the positives and some things. Hopefully the Chargers can carry over going forward, coming up right after this. But first I need to tell you guys about an app that I have now, and especially with the gas prices the way they are right now, which where I live in California is a record high. You guys need to know about this app. All Chargers fans need to know about the Get Upside app, and it's an incredible app that everyone who gets gas needs to know about because I can save you guys money on the gas that you're already paying for right now with the get upside app you guys can download it on the app store or the google play store right now for free and start saving money immediately john kegley has it on his phone he uses it all the time and definitely when you use ride shares and things like that you can save literally hundreds of dollars on gas right and if you use the promo code to touch all caps one where you can save up to 50 cents per gallon on your first fill up i mean how do you not want to do that like why pay Full price when you literally have an app that's going to save you money every time that you go to the gas pump. You can use the promo code Touchdown save up to fifty cents per gallon. I mean, we're across the street from my house right now. Gas is three sixty five, right? I could are four sixty five. I could take that down around four dollars, and I do that a lot with the Get Upside app. I've taken a lot of money off. I'm in business because that's a lot to fill up my big car when you're paying that much for gas. So get the Get Upside app, save some money. You can get the cash back directly into your bank account. You can get it in Amazon and other gift cards. You can get it through PayPal or whatever. There's no catch to this. There's no downside with Upside. So go right now, guys. Download that free app and save money at the gas pump with the promo code touchdown. Get up to 50 cents back per gallon on your first fill-up. All right, guys. Well, we said our mean things about the Chargers. Now it's time to be nice, and we got to get into some things that went right. I think we can definitively say the Chargers' run defense is getting better, which is something – I don't think I would ever have said this year. Like, I don't know if I thought at any point that this was something that could get a lot better, right? And I think over the last few weeks, it's been a lot better. And that's in large part because you had games where you're giving up seven yards per carry. You have games where you're giving up, you know, 5.9 yards per carry. Like, that's an impossible land to live in. Still not totally fixed, David, but when you look at this game, Five tackles for loss. That's not including the sacks. So that would put it at seven. But just on running plays, five tackles for loss, getting those negative plays. And we talked about the Chargers. They're not always going to be that bad on third and long, right? Going into the game, they were the best in the league at third and longs. But they actually created those situations. I mean, Limbaugh Joseph, great again. You know, guys just making plays in the backfield. Kenneth Murray, Amen, Ogba Gwamiga, Echenu Uwosu. All those dudes are making plays in the backfield. and held Dalvin Say those Curry. names
1: three times fast.
0: Yeah, right. But you just needed them to make enough plays, right? That's all you needed. And that's the thing is we knew it was never going to be pretty for the Chargers run defense, but like that third and goal stop on the one yard line. Beautiful. I didn't know if we'd see one of those all year where, you know, they're going to run it. They know you're going to try to stop them from running it. And you just get that kind of push against their offensive lineman and stuff Dalvin cook, you know, and stack him behind the line of scrimmage. I didn't think we'd see that. So now it's three games in a row where the Chargers haven't given up more than five yards per carry, two games where they've given up less than four yards per carry to the running backs. That's a huge progress.
1: Yeah, I think you love the physicality, number one. And, and you know, in that situation that you were talking about, like that's just mano a mano. That's, hey, I'm going to try to run it through you, and you're saying, no, you're not. And that's just what it came down to. And and, and the Chargers were able to, you know, bow up in that situation. Um, which you know we haven't seen a lot this year, and, and that's good. You kept Dalvin Cook to under four yards a carry, and going into this game, I didn't think that was a possibility. I thought that was a dream. I, I mean, I, that I woke up and saw the Chargers kept him under four yards a carry. That's one of the most talented backs in the, in the NFL period. Like He, he is fantastic. Uh, one guy I got to point out here on the What Went Right is Storm Norton. Storm Norton's the guy that we have ripped many, many times on this show, So when we do do that, we also have to acknowledge when he plays well. And in this game, he only gave up one pressure. It was obviously very noticeable because it came on the third down play, something that we talked about earlier on in this game. But he had a 90-plus run-blocking grade in this game from PFF, which is just crazy. I mean, just thinking about Storm Norton, you don't really see that as a, a huge asset to his game. So Storm Norton, I mean, for all the times that we've ripped you, You played a phenomenal game, and you definitely earned this one.
0: Yeah, and I think for Storm Norton, too, it is nice to see he has that in him, right? I mean, whether he can discover it on a weekly basis and not a bi-weekly basis, because as of right now, it seems like he either gives up nine-plus pressures or he looks like a competent starting, good right tackle, and there's no in-between in that. But, like, it is nice to see a depth player, a guy coming in because you struggle with depth, right, and because you have injuries coming in and having a good game even when you don't necessarily expect him to so I thought the Chargers offense as a whole I mean you wouldn't know they're run blocking well if you looked at the rushing statistics that's for sure I mean Austin Eckler was fine but the Chargers rushing attack was not good on Sunday at all so I think that's definitely a bonus for him right and I think that's something that hopefully he can carry going forward because if he can figure that out on the right side that's a huge bonus for the Chargers I mean that that's something that's really big but I thought, for me, it was a lot of standout individual performances, and I didn't have a lot that went wrong with the defense outside of the big conversions, and you're not going to hear me talk about, you know, Tavon Campbell or Chris Harris Jr. in this segment, but Uchenna and Wosu, best game of the season, easily. Being an impact player against the run, being an impact player against the pass. If you had that across from Joey Bosa, I mean, it'd be hard to get Kyler Fackrell on the field, and it's always been about consistency with Uchenna and Wosu, so you're not going to be able to see that in one game you can't show me, you know, you're a consistently good player in one game. You have to do it over a span of a few games, over a season, whatever the case is. But Chargers don't have a lot of time to decide that, right? I mean, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. But Limbaugh Joseph, another guy I was impressed with. I was impressed with Amen. I thought he had some good moments. Still, I thought could have been in better spots at certain points. But I still like I mean, you get a sack – you get a pressure, you get a you know quarterback hit or whatever, another tackle for loss he had to. So I think even though there was a lot you can take poorly away from this performance, John, I do think this was a game where some individual defenders definitely stood out in a big
2: way. Yeah, especially the Vikings offensive lineman committing a fumble for us. I mean, that helped out a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to just mention that Despite what the stats say about the Chargers' run defense, they could have been better because they were there. They were in position. They got in the backfield. They just missed tackles. But before this game, we couldn't even say that. We couldn't even be like, oh, yeah, they missed tackles behind the line of scrimmage. They're not wrapping up the guy. You just weren't getting there. They were wide open holes, and they were getting there. You weren't getting your first contact, so five yards down They were getting ragdolled. Yeah, and this game, they were there. They were in their spots. They just had a hard time finishing, so I got to give credit there. You were – in the backfield, you made hey, Dalvin Cook actually have to switch positions a few times with which way he was going. But someone right. just kept missing the tackle. That was the you weren't only just part getting blown
0: that. off the line of scrimmage, which we've seen just three, four yards before the yeah. running back even right. has to make a decision.
2: Like sometimes you were getting dragged three yards past yeah. the line of scrimmage, but you were there. If you just finished the play, those yards could look way better. That stat could look so much better. Like it is this the yards and the stats do not show how good the run defense was this week. But Djerine Nwosu is probably my guy for this for this week. He laid the hit on Kirk Cousins and there's been a lot of times this year he doesn't get that many snaps, but when he comes in, he's flying in there, he's getting around the corner. He did it a lot this game cuz he had a lot more playing time. And you can't really highlight the whole defense as you said, it's a lot of individual guys. You got guys like Chris Harris Jr and those guys that just keep messing up, but everybody's covering it up. Like their little mess-ups don't look as big cuz people are fixing it somewhere else on the field, or they're making a big play the next play to get the Chargers defense off the field.
1: And this is great for Chenna. This is phenomenal for Chenna that he went out there and he had a good game because that confidence, confidence as a professional athlete is huge. It is massive to have a positive mind frame. And so he can take that performance and he can build on that. And hopefully this will be the moment where he can take off this season.
0: Yeah, and I always try to keep a positive mind frame going into every show, too, but Shannon Wosu definitely seems like he's in the zone. Uh, It was Ah. nice to see that, but, I mean, Joey Bosa, too. Let's, Let's not take his performance for granted. Six pressures in this game. Easily, you know, the best chargers. Defender on that defensive line making plays and, and
2: probably still has like the NFL record for non holds called. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. That dude yeah. just gets caught get... on the neck. Like, they did not call there. him ever, yeah. man. They never call it, but yet they'll call the other team easily. It's just not fair. Well, and I think they just he... need to
1: put a camera on Joey Bosa at all times.
0: That well, I mean, if it. he got as many, you know, holding calls called his way as he had, you know, BS roughing the passer calls, he had to go against him. I mean, he'd be fine but Joey Bosa doesn't Max. get those calls. And I think the other thing is too, is like how he made the rest of the defensive line better. Like the times he's getting pressure and he might not seem like he's about to get a sack, but he's running Kirk cousins or whoever it is into somebody else. And that's another thing 29% that's
1: pass rush win rate in this game. Joey Bosa doing Joey Bosa things. He just I mean,
0: his- the chargers over a 50% pressure win rate as a team, right? It's so like 65% awesome. like getting pressure on Kirk cousins, drop back somewhere around 60%. Like that's, ridiculous pressure and the Chargers got great pressure. I'm glad you brought that up, but he deserved praise and Keaton Allen too, right? I mean, Keaton yeah. Allen is still a, a, draws a pass interference penalty, still gets almost a hundred yards on eight catches, still constantly open at all times. I mean, he did have one play over the middle where probably could have caught it, but it still would have been a tough catch. Maybe we just expect it from him. Not like a legitimate drop. I wouldn't say, but a play he could have made just to say like, don't take Keenan Allen for granted because most guys are going five first downs for
1: Keenan Allen in this game too. I mean, Keenan Allen just doing his thing, man. And Dustin
0: Hopkins making all his kicks, (laughs) Dustin Hopkins making all his kicks. I mean, Andre Roberts had another nice punt return, even though he had a pretty bad kickoff return that wasn't blocked very well for him. But the, you'll learn soon that with the chargers kickoff return coverage, you know, or at least the way they're setting up their blocking, like sometimes you're just going to have to get upfield and get what you can get. Cause it's not always, just go. there's not always going to be a runway to get down, but there was definitely some positives. Josh Palmer, right? The more I see the dude, the more I want him on the field. Another big conversion on third down in this game. I, I thought he looked pretty good after the catch too on that one. Like just the way he caught it from Herbert or Herbert kind of led him into getting up field on a throw on a long third down conversion that I really like to see. But like, this was, I think, the first game where he had as many snaps as Jalen Guyton, and I think yeah. that's a positive trend for the Chargers going he's getting, forward. He's getting more
1: comfortable, man. It's good to see.
0: Totally, and I mean, if he can become a factor, now Mike Williams is getting all the one-on-ones, right? Because like that's, yeah. it would just do so much for this Chargers offense, because if you have three legitimate weapons at wide receiver, three guys that defenses have to be playing against, that makes your offense super, super dangerous. So... That wide receiver three spot, you're not getting the deep balls with Jalen Guy in anyways. Might as well have a guy in there who's made contested catches, who has the best hands on the team so far this year at wide receiver. I mean, he has the least drops at wide receiver at the very least. I mean, he's, you know, has a rapport with Justin Herbert that we've seen off a couple of times, but like also a guy who was willing to put in the work every day after training camp and stay with Justin Herbert. And I saw that every time I went to training camp, every day after practice, those dudes were out there. Extra work extra routes getting that connection down and it's paid off and i think just him getting more snaps will be a big part of that because I, I was impressed with him but definitely some positive takeaways from a bad loss and i think the chargers have a game again this weekend in pittsburgh and today kind of is where we turn the page sunday into night football baby a prime time matchup for the chargers against the steelers and the last time they had a prime time matchup against the steelers it was wow. absolutely nuts so we have a crazy game that you guys are going to have to make sure you check out the show for the rest of the week to keep up with. If you haven't already, make sure to check out the lockdown Chargers YouTube page because we love being on here with you guys. We've had some really positive interactions in the comments and just from you guys' YouTube experience so far. So make sure if you are watching right now on YouTube, go down and subscribe. And if you're listening to the show, wherever you get your podcast from, make sure you guys check out the YouTube show as well and to follow wherever you get your podcast. We are free everywhere. You will never pay for any kind of content that you get from the Locked On Chargers podcast, so make sure you guys come and support that. We would appreciate it. As far as social media goes, you can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports, Dave Drogmeyer on Twitter at SD, and John Kegley on Twitter at Biggest Charger Fan One G F N at the end. If that makes sense for you, but you can also find the show's Twitter at Locked On LAC and our new Instagram page at Locked On Chargers and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. Maybe we'll do some voicemails. I do think there's some big things Steelers wise. Minka Fitzpatrick getting put on the COVID list this week. They're also missing a couple of other really big players. Maybe we'll talk about a little bit of that tomorrow. But if you guys want to call into the show, the number is 323-524-7924 for the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line. We're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But Chargers, Steelers, Sunday Night Football, a matchup that no matter who the quarterback is, whether it's Ben Roethlisberger, Michael Vick, or Duck Hodges, every one of these games has been close. And every one of these games has lived up to the hype for the most part. So we have a big one coming up this week, and guys, make sure to check in for the crossover on Thursday for all the coverage we're going to have this week and our keys for success and all of that. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.